Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan, and I actually have a, a new friend on the line with me from Houston. We've got Andrea Rogers. And so, Andrea, welcome to the program today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I can't wait for our listeners to just learn more about uh, you and and your fully alive coaching uh, that you do. But before we get to some of that stuff, I just want to uh, let our listeners know that um, uh, we are a listener-supported program. So the only way that you're hearing or seeing us is because we just had generous partners come along and, and uh, decide to support this ministry. So if you'd like to learn about the ways that you can give, uh, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate button. So Andrea, I don't want to waste any more time because I, I want to get you talking. I want to get our listeners to, to understand who you are and, and what you're bringing to the space, especially of dealing with things like betrayal trauma. Um, can you just give us a little bit of your own story, maybe of even how you you are working in this space of helping people deal with the, the trauma of betrayal in their relationships? Sure. I um, am like most people. I was inducted into this sorority of betrayal against my will. Um, I was married for 14 years and thought I was living a dream life, really um, thought my husband was my best friend. We had four kids. I was a stay-at-home homeschool mom and um, got some indication that maybe there was something not right. I didn't know what it was. That was the best way that I could describe it, but just this underlying feeling of discontentment and disconnection in my relationship. And as a result of that, started asking some questions and um, discovered from my uh, husband's confession that he had been involved in affairs. He um, had one affair that was long-term, like 12 years. So basically like a marriage within our marriage. And after that confession came several more that um, that was not the only one, that there had been several long-term relationships and affairs throughout the course of our marriage. Mm. Of course, I was devastated, didn't have a name for it. Um, thankfully, someone referred me to a support group and I started hearing things like sex addiction and disclosure and betrayal trauma. And I was like, what is all of this stuff? And um, that's how I got introduced into this world. And so uh, we spent about four and a half years trying to work on the marriage um, and it eventually just fell apart. He was uh, not committed to doing the work and I just could not stay in a marriage where I was continually devalued and disrespected. But mm -hmm. in the course of that, um, when I first found out, I made this declaration with tears streaming down my face and it's not running out of my nose like, I am going to be better on the other side of this. I didn't even know what that meant. I just knew that I, if I didn't focus on my future and getting better, um, this thing felt like it would consume me. And so I started working with groups pretty early on, just as a volunteer leading recovery groups. And uh, from there, once um, we separated, I said, I want to make this my career. And so I went and got my coaching certification and have been going full force ever since. Now, man, I hear so, some things in your story that just, uh, there's three things that come to my mind immediately. 
when when I think about the disclosure that happened to you when you when you found out about these things first is just you as an individual as an individual uh, woman and wife just the weight that that must have felt like but then I also think about you're a mom and thinking about the family dynamic of what just happened in terms of that bomb blowing up but then I think you said you're a stay-at-home homeschooling mom what does what does uh you know vocation and and work and all that how I mean I know that you couldn't process all those things in the moment that disclosure was happening but what was that like for you realizing that all of those areas were now deeply impacted in terms of what the future was going to look like for you and your family? Yeah, it was devastating. Um, ironically, uh, about a few years before the discovery, um, we had just gone through Hurricane Ike, which mm -hmm. was a major hurricane here in Houston, and our house was devastated in that hurricane. Our chimney fell off a huge hole in our roof and um, it took about a year and a half for us to get our house put back in order and prior to the discovery I kept having these dreams of my chimney falling off again so this idea that my house was being devastated again and that's exactly what it felt like so in the moment when I first found out I, I asked him to leave. I was like, I, I don't know how to do marriage with someone who's dishonest. I felt like he was somebody that I didn't know um, and really kind of felt a pause with that to, to wait. Um, but yeah, all of those questions of how do I provide for my kids? What does this mean? I come from a family of divorce. And when I got married, one of the things that I said was, I want to create a different path for my kids. So this realization that my worst nightmare was essentially potentially coming true in that moment. Um, it was overwhelming. What was it like for you navigating that season with your kids? Because, you know, on the one hand, you're having to try to process this personally in terms of just the devastation of the most intimate relationship you have now discovered that there's been the deepest betrayal in that intimate relationship. Because there's, there's, I mean, let's just put it bluntly, there's no deeper betrayal, betrayal than sexual betrayal because that's the most intimate connection that you can have with another person. And so when there's been betrayal there, you're carrying that weight, but you're a mom. I mean, there's something about mom's hearts that just, they, uh, they bleed for their kids, right? So how are you navigating this personally and with your kids as they're obviously dealing with whatever the, you know, this devastation that's hit them as well? Right. Uh, you said it exactly right. It was, how do I get up every day? Um, there were days where the minute my eyes would open, it was almost like I had a wound. It was, you know, wide open. And when I would open my eyes, that pain would come rushing in. And then this instant thought of, I have four people who need me to get up and cook meals for them. I, my youngest was, um, I'm trying to think, was she even one at that? She was little. Mm. And so all of my kids at that time were under the age of 10. I have four of them. So nobody was self-sufficient. Um, it was like, how do I cook meals? How do I continue with life? And honestly, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't hide it. 
And so what I told my kids, the conversation I had with them was that, you know, daddy had done some things to hurt me. And just like when you have a physical wound and you have to heal that I had a wound and I needed time to heal. So I couldn't go on field trips. I couldn't, you know, go to the park and then come home and have play dates and do all the things that they were accustomed to me doing. It was really just having conversations of guys, mommy is not doing well at this moment and I just need some time and letting them know that it wasn't about them, but that it was something their dad and I were trying to work through. Now, as you're, as you were then going on this journey of discovery, like you said, you plugged into a group and you were starting to, to hear about these things that, you know, there's language being put to your pain in this process and all of that. Um, you know, some women in your situation, they would look at that and realize I, I need to go through these things and I, I need to do this. Um, but that doesn't mean that every woman who goes through that process then goes into that kind of vocation. <laughs> right. So tell us how, how that all happened, that through your own journey of healing from pain, this has become like what you do, because that's not every woman's journey, right? Not every woman that goes through this wants to stay connected to it in any way, you know? So, right. so share with us how, how that came about. Well, there's a couple of things that happen. So I have a psychology degree. Um, so I was always interested in counseling or coaching to some degree. But once I decided to become um, a mom, I really wanted to spend that time with my kids. Uh, once we separated and, you know, I, like I said, I had been leading the groups. I just really spent a lot of time praying about how could I pursue a career that would still allow me to spend time with my mom, uh, with my kids. One of their requests, I gave them a list of like, of all the, like, there's going to be a lot of change, right? We're going to have to move. Um, you know, we may have to sell some things like just really keeping them in the loop of this is going to be a upheaval for, for our lives. But if I can keep one thing um, the same for you guys, what would that be? And they said, can we please be homeschooled? And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, how can I wow. have a career that supports us and honors this request? I mean, in that one request, I felt like was the heart of my children saying, we want to still be connected as a family. Mm -hmm. And um, so I decided to look into counseling or coaching. And then the other piece that was really significant for me was my journey was really hard. I, I had to do a lot of things alone. Uh, we had no therapeutic support for our disclosure because the counselors we had at the time weren't trained and they tried to tell me it wasn't time for a disclosure. I didn't really need a disclosure, that I should wait and, and just really um, a lot of trauma from that treatment. And I really wanted to never have another woman go through what I went through. If there was any way that I could provide support to someone to say, you're not alone. There are people who hear you, who can validate your pain and can honor you in this process. I wanted to be able to do that um, because it was such a, a need for me. And so I just find a great peace in being able to come alongside people in the midst of their pain. And I definitely, that's, that's what I would love for us to talk about next. But first, I just want to say, I, I, I am, I commend you for 
going the hard route. Uh, you know, you're, you're still standing, you know, and I just think it's important sometimes to hear, cause you know, when you're, it's, it's kind of like when you, um, uh, you know, when you're a kid and you're basically seeing yourself in the mirror every single day, you don't necessarily realize that you've grown a foot right. <laughs> and somebody that hasn't seen you in a while goes, my goodness, you, you, you've changed. I think it's important for, for people who've gone through a really difficult, painful journey, sometimes when, when somebody else can hear your story, somebody, you know, who sees that and, and is able to speak into that and say, my goodness, that's, let's just pause for a minute and celebrate the fact that you're still alive, you're standing, you're even thriving now. I just think that's important to, and I think there's listeners out there, women that need to hear that for wherever they are in their journey, because if you're able to hear what we are saying right now, you're a survivor. Like you are, you may not be in a great place right now, but the fact that you're able, you're even willing to listen to a podcast like this, it means that something positive does exist in your life. And uh, I'd love to hear now, just what are some things that you have learned along this journey and, and how do you approach coaching women through these situations? And you mentioned about, hey, the things that you learned, if it can prevent certain elements from affecting another woman, what are some of those things that now you really try to pour into your coaching for helping wives navigate recovery from betrayal trauma? Yeah, I think one of the the most important things is teaching a woman to trust her voice. Um, Most women I, I meet who have experienced betrayal, they may not have known exactly what was off, but just like I said in the beginning, they know something is off. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, you know, you're convinced that that's not true or it's not right or there's another explanation. And it's really teaching women how to lean back into that, to that voice that is inside of you that God has given each one of us just that wisdom. So we start there um, and really figuring out how they want to move next. I mean, for some women, they're coming to me right after discovery, you know, they're in shock. So if I'm on a, on a trauma scene, you know, I'm not going to go up and have conversations with the person other than it's going to be okay. I'm here. You're not alone. Just take deep breaths. We're going to get you through this. And there's this assurance that somebody is here to come alongside you to help you get what you need. Or so, so for those women, that's the extent of it. It's really just creating a safe space for them to share, to process. And I love what you said about, you know, that you're still alive. I don't want to minimize that point. There were many days where I didn't know if I was going to make it, where mm-hmm. I really felt like I was going to be consumed by the pain of betrayal. And I know a lot of women struggle with that and think, well, am I weak or is something wrong with me? Like, should I be past it? But what you said is so true that the pain of sexual betrayal is deeper than any other pain because there's no other relationship where you're as vulnerable Mm -hmm. um, as you are in a marriage. So that's, you know, if they're in that shock and awe state, it is really just like you're going to be okay conversation over and over. If they're at a point where they've had some healing, then we're working on, let's talk about you and what do you want and what do you need to feel safe 
and how can we put some boundaries in place to make sure that that happens. When I, I think the biggest things we can do for women um, are educate them and empower them. And those two go hand in hand, because when you start to get the language and you have the words and you say, oh, this is minimizing, this is gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I wasn't making that up. You know, he's, there's Darvo, there's abuse, there's other things going on. And they start to have a language to communicate what's happening to them. Then they start to feel even more empowered. And just the idea that, you know, you, you are wiser than you think and that you can trust your own voice. My, my wife, when, because, uh, you know, our, our story was basically, you know, my sexual brokenness and sexual addiction devastated our marriage. And when she was going through her healing process, um, one, of the, one of the phrases that she would use that her counselor really helped her with was she said, I began to get armed with knowledge. Yes. Like she was sort of building up this arsenal, not, not so it's like, okay, now I can, you know, destroy my husband, but it was more of like, so that she could be more, more aware of like, where are the danger zones? Where are the things that I need protection against? And that knowledge helps to protect. It's not a knowledge that says I'm now, I'm now armed so that I can go out and, you know, kind of tit for tat and, respond in the same way to my husband that he's been treated. No, it's like more of more of a way of how do I build up healthy walls of defense, healthy boundaries that are going to prevent further damage to my heart and my soul. Um, and so I think that is a, an important thing. I love what you said too about the the voice that a woman has. I've I've believed this for years now that um, in just the very design of the differences between men and women, one of the differences is that I tell, I tell this to guys all the time. I'm like, Hey, listen, you do realize that in the Bible, God only said one of us needed help. Like <laughs> right? And, and it, it wasn't the woman. So the idea was, I believe that God designed women with a very specific intuition, like something that men don't have this. I, I put it this way. I think women know, even when they don't know, like right. there's, well, this, there's this type of special knowledge that I think a woman can have. And I think you're right. When there's, when there's been gaslighting going on, when there's been these, all this just deceptive double life going on, it erodes away at the ability for a woman to feel a sense of trust in that God-given intuition. What does it look like for, for you in terms of how you help a woman sort of regrow that voice or, or listen to that voice more because there's probably been so much doubt related to that voice for so long, how do you help a woman kind of regain that trust in that God-given intuition that she has? Well, I think a lot of it is education. Um, You know, when you have a medical diagnosis, it gives you the power to go and research, right? And then you can be your own advocate because it's like, you're not just relying on the doctor to give you information. You can gather all the information that you need for yourself. And so it's teaching a woman to be her own advocate. And there's a reason that wisdom is personified as a woman in the Bible, you Mm -hmm. know, um, in book of Proverbs. And so it is in the small everyday things. So if I say to a, a woman, you know, what do you need today? And she says, I just need to cry. I just need to get this out. And we spend the session and she cries and she gets it out. And I say, and do you feel better? Yes. Okay. So that's proof that you know what you need. 
even in this small moment, you could tell me what you need. And, and for a lot of women, it's not that they don't know what they need. It is that they, their voice has been so um, shut down that mm -hmm. they're afraid to ask for it. So when you start to build that courage of, well, let's talk about what that would look like to ask for what you need. And you teach them to be intentional about that. Um, and then they do it and they have a sense of power, even in the small things like going to a restaurant, if your food is wrong, you know, saying, hey, this isn't what I ordered or it's not hot and having the confidence to send it back. That seems like a small thing. But for a woman in recovery, any area where she learns how to use her voice feels empowering. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. <laughs> you know, sometimes when people come out of deep pain, uh, like, and even when somebody maybe comes out of an addiction and then they go into that field as a vocation or as, as a job, um, there is potential for there to be triggering events as part of that work. How do you, uh, you know, guard against that? Or, or do you, have you ever, did you struggle for a season? Do you have moments where you feel like you're in a coaching session that, takes you back or triggers you. Um, can you speak to that? Because I know that we've got people out there that as they're in their healing journey, they are feeling a call of God or they're feeling a burden to maybe want to go into this. Can you speak to that a little bit about how you, you even in the vocational piece, still need the principles of having certain boundaries and being able to continue to protect your heart, even as you are helping other people through their journey of healing? Sure. So I think what's important to note, um, and I tell all my clients, this is that recovery is not about recovery from sex addiction. When you enter the journey of recovery, it's a journey towards wholeness. Mm -hmm. So wholeness in every area of your life. And as a human being, I know that I'm still on that journey. So that means that I have to be aware of my triggers. Um, I have to know what those are. And yes, they, you know, I'm, I'm six years post discovery and I still have triggers. Um, I have a coach that I work with. Um, I have really good support around me. I still kind of have my own little support group of people that I can go and share things with. And, and I know that I'm still on my own journey. And so the biggest part is having this awareness that you don't arrive at this point. Right. You just, sex addiction is the thing that put you on that journey, but that you're always going to be on that journey until you get to the end. I appreciate you saying that because one of the things that we try to help people see, because sometimes when people see a person in a helper position, like you as a coach, or they see somebody like me as a ministry leader or something like that, or sometimes we even do this with pastors, right? You see them as categorically different like somehow they've graduated into some kind of different sphere of humanity. And I think it's important what you're saying that the, the same principles that bring about the whole, the healing and the wholeness that you need in your life, when you are going through the deepest pain or the deepest recovery, don't change just because you're just in a different station of life. Right. And so I appreciate that because uh, we, we say around here all the time, the mission is growth. Like we're on a growth mission. So it's a continuum. You never graduate until this life is over, right? So right. Um, as, as we have a few minutes left, Andrea, I'd love for you to just be able to share just 
any other insights that you would have for women out there that are on this journey, maybe for some women who are listening that they, they haven't sort of come forward to, to share with them, with anybody, maybe the secrets that they know about their husband or just anything that you would want to share. And then I'd love for you to be able to tell people how they can get more information about your coaching. Sure. One of the most common questions I get is, you know, how long does it take? Will the pain ever go away? And there is no timeline for how long it takes each person to continue on their journey. Um, I think that the the betrayals are so unique and there's no comparison of, oh, it was just pornography or it was one affair. Uh, however it feels for you is what makes it valid and relevant. Mm -hmm. And really learning to be honest about that. Like I said, the journey is not just about recovery from sex addiction, but a lot of times we learn how to lie to ourselves and say, oh, it's not that bad or I'm okay with it when really it's eating us up on the inside. So if somebody is listening to this and feeling like, well, is it okay for me to talk about this one time where I caught my husband watching pornography? Absolutely. Uh, your pain is valid. And there are people out there who are here to help you. You're not alone. Um, my journey was really like Goldilocks, like finding the right help for what I needed. And sometimes that's what we have to do, but it's always worth pursuing the healing because if God allows such a thing to come into your life, it's not for a waste. It's, it's because he wants to grow you into something else. And um, my, my big message, I guess, to people is that there are treasures in the darkness, mm -hmm. no matter how dark it seems, no matter how hopeless you feel, um, there's always hope and there's always a way out. And sometimes you just have to dig a little deeper to find the right people who can help guide you out. But we're out here and we exist. Mm -hmm. And so um, people can find me. My website is fullyalivecoachingllc.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube under Fully Alive Coaching. And um, I'm always willing to talk to someone just to offer that sense of hope, because I think when you're in that dark, dark, dark place, it's the thing that you need the most. I love what, you, what you're saying about the, the personal dynamic of, of trauma and pain. Um, one of the things that, that I like to say, I, sort of my every man's definition for trauma is just anything that overwhelms your system. Right. So it's very personal. I mean, right. sometimes I'll say, how many of you have siblings, you know, and everybody raise their hand or whatever. It's like, you ever recall an event from your childhood that you all experienced, but for one of you, it was like a life altering event and, and your other siblings don't even remember it. Right. So that's the way pain affects it. Like, and so I, I love the fact that you are inviting women to step into that freedom of being able to say your pain matters no matter what it's not compared to anybody else's pain. If it's hurting you, you need to come into the light and let folks like Andre and others be able to, to help you through this. So Andrea, thank you so much for uh, being transparent with your story. Uh, thank you for um, standing, for continuing to stand in the gap for other women who are on this journey. And uh, we've enjoyed having you here today. So thanks for being with us. Sure. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah.
And we will definitely put your, your website and information in our show notes so people can, can reach out to you. But folks, just please reach out to Andrea and, and what she's doing with Fully Alive Coaching. And uh, we are glad that you've been with us. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.